think one of the most hotly contested topics in our hobby is, or at least in the Tao section of our hobby, is, is the subject of Phil Kelly. Uh, Phil Kelly is a long-term author at Black Library, and he was one of the original playtesters that uh, teed off against the Tau uh, back in 2001. Um, might actually even been earlier in 2000, um, depending on when the article was originally written. But um, it is safe to say that he he was there uh, from the from the very beginning. And in that time, the last 20 years, oh, about 20, over 20 years, uh, pretty solidly, of Phil Kelly's, uh, Phil Kelly's presence in the hobby. And obviously, over the, uh, over that time, you know, he's been, he's been pretty instrumental in the, the formation of what could be called keystones. Uh, and I, you know, call attention specifically to the, the Farsight series, of which still is unfinished. We have, uh, theoretically, we have one more book yet to come out. And I'm not, I'm not actually certain we're going to get it, but um, we can talk about that in a little bit. The reason I bring it all up is because recently there was a Reddit post, of which there'll be a link in this episode's description, that asks uh, a very poignant question of, do you like where Phil Kelly is taking Tao lore and it's a vote and the vote is pretty intense in that many more people do not like where it's going and even more people uh well and then second runner-up is that uh they uh they don't care they just like mechs um which is respectable and then a slightly larger minority of people who think that they are being turned off of Warhammer in general as a result of these books. It's a pretty rough vote. And I think it really highlights, I mean, obviously it's Reddit, and so we have to take it with a grain of salt, but how else can we judge what's going on um, except by the data that we were given? And so I think it's, I think it's worthwhile to just discuss a little bit about what, what it means now that rumor has it that he has moved on from Warhammer 40,000, of which he has been responsible for and been creating the main narrative for the last decade. Uh, he was definitely responsible for the, the proposed end time scenario of 8th edition. And now he's gone, uh, presumably, back to fantasy, of which he is much better uh, at writing with the, with the re-release of Warhammer fantasy. And so now that he's gone, I don't think any other faction really suffers from this this kind of, uh, let's call it um, a lore paralysis. Um, you know, obviously we have had several Tao authors in the past, but they're usually one-offs. Um, the only other consistent series, I believe, is the Damocles series, which was originally written at the release of the Tao. And, uh, and even that was from the perspective of a family of rogue traders and white scarves. So we're always in kind of a little bit of a bind when it comes to, and, and probably the most asked question that I get at least is, you know, where, 
where do I start? If I'm, if I'm approaching the Tao from a newcomer, where, where do I begin? What's the primer? What's the, what's the introductory book, the introductory series, the introductory anything? And I can never say, oh, you know, definitely go to these books because the inconsistencies in our lore are pretty hard to kind of uh, overcome, especially if you're like new to Warhammer in general, where the franchise has has a consistently problem as it as as it is. And so I usually point to codexes, codexes and uh, and Forge World books. Uh, the Taros campaign remains, in my opinion, the very kind of pinnacle of of Tau lore. It really goes into it in a way that only Forge World ever did. Followed by the Type of Four campaign, which was an Imperial Aeronautica book. And I mean, there's nothing we can, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. That's just, that's just the nature uh, of our particular faction. There are factions, of course, that have it a little bit rougher, but that have turned around in, in recent years. The Necrons with the massively appreciated uh, Infinite and Divine uh, book, which is now, if, uh, if rumors can be believed, is now turning into a, 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 a series unto itself. So Necrons are really kind of coming into themselves. And while I particularly kind of miss the old Necrons, which is, I don't think it's a very particularly uh, popular opinion these days, um, I, I know that everybody really, really loves uh, new Necrons. So um, since I don't have much skin in that game, great, awesome. Um, uh, quite uh, Infinite and Divine kind of reminded me a lot of like the Ghosts of Christmas Past, or, or I guess a Christmas Carol, the story. Um, and I, I, yeah, I recommend it. Um, but, but to go back to what we're talking about today is now that it appears that the final, final, final uh, piece of literature written by Phil Kelly in regards to the Tao, and that would be the Arcs of Omen book, which while it's not credited by him, um, if you are familiar with his works, particularly his portrayal of the, uh, the eight in the Farsight Enclaves, um, it's, it's very obvious that he wrote um, the narrative arc for the book, um, of which um, we were originally going to do an episode of, uh, of that, but we won't be able to due to um, some oversight uh, and some, uh, well, we've just been told that we should probably do a different episode. <laughs> and maybe this is it. Um, but we'll keep it to opinions rather than uh, reading direct excerpts out of a out of a book. That said, he has written the last arcs of uh, Arc of Omen uh, book, which is Farsights, and then and then the uh, Shadow Sun book, of which I have written a pretty scathing, I guess, review of. But it's I, I don't I don't consider it scathing because it is really the uh, the the kind of status quo I find that that you can read more about if you'd like on uh, um, on the newscast blog, and I don't want to be doom and gloomy about Phil Kelly, um, because I don't think that that would serve any. I don't think that that would serve serve the the community at all. The only thing that I will consistently say for anybody that does read Phil Kelly's books is, do not take it as as a foundation, as a foundation article or book or novella or short story um, for your benefit as a hobbyist. And the reason that I say that 
um, and, and that I consistently say that um, because I, I never say don't read it, just don't take it to heart um, because of the inconsistencies within the writing and how the mechanics of the Warhammer 40,000 universe are not obeyed at all. Um, if, if we were going to look at this like an iceberg or a pyramid, the very apex, the prime example that introduces you to the many, many levels down of problems that, that, that arises in his works um, is the loss of faster than light travel for the Tau. Um, and we've talked about this before. And it's not something that I address too often because I don't want to be confusing. So if you'd like, you can go to previous episodes where we talk about it specifically um, and, and especially extrapolate the original foundational lore that talks about how the Tau discovered a warp drive on one of their moons, um, backwards engineer it, engineered it, and were able to attain a kind of warp travel that that is best described as how the Votan uh, the leagues of Votan um, traverse the warp uh, without without navigators, um, but that's that's another conversation. I don't know why, but there has never been there has never been uh, in my at least in my experience, and I, I have quite a bit of it when it comes to Black Library. I have never seen an author decide to die on such a silly hill as the la as the decision to uh, take away faster than light travel for a species that has spaceships and is fighting other species who have spaceships who have faster than light travel. Um, it represents just a complete disregard for even the most mundane and basic uh, concepts of space travel from a science fiction perspective. And some might say that that's holding Black Library to an unreasonable standard, but I think that it's pretty straightforward to say that if you have a star and a neighboring star and it takes years to get there via light travel if you're fighting against somebody who takes seconds or minutes to cross the same amount of distance you're not going to have much of a narrative because they will have already gotten to wherever they needed to perhaps generations potential generations before you can even know what happened um <clears throat> but kelly has unlike unlike any other black library author championed this decision um, into uh, community articles, uh, uh, Reddit interviews, and it, it, it's strange how, how vehement he is. And this vehemency, again, as we approach the lower levels of the pyramid or the iceberg, um, we consistently see other decisions that fly in the face of other authors. Um, again, something I've never seen in a Black Library author. Um, the decision to make Tau Blood red. Now, Tau Blood has always been initially described as red. Uh, it should be clear. In the first codex, there's a description of a Talasiri bonding ceremony in which three crisis suit pilots are preparing to uh, uh, become one, you know, the uh, Tarocha. Um, and, uh, and in doing so, they, they, they share the Talasiri blade by carving into each other's chests the symbol of the uh, greater good. A and and it is right there described as, as red. Now, what's confusing, and it was confusing at the time, or early in the 2000s, that then there was a book that came out 
um, several books that came out that described tau blood as distinctly blue, and then later books that described it as blue, and uh, and even having a distinct and disgusting odor to it, um, similar to spoiled milk. Um, all of this very interesting um, and and kind of enjoyable that that two authors could could kind of coexist in this uh, this determination of what is what. But then Kelly came along and said decisively, no, it's not something. And black library authors don't do that. Um, and if they do, I'm not aware of any other examples. Um, but, to, but to tell another author um, to use the, 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 the rod of power or, or your higher position, and, and Kelly does hold both seniority and, uh, and kind of an administrative position at Games Workshop, to use both of those by doing a community article is just a disservice to the artistic process. Um, and perhaps, again, that's why I uh, choose to have the opinion that I do. Um, so, so what does that mean? So now he's, he's going, and he's left, he's left us se several works. Um, Shadow Sun, um, which I believe is, uh, in my own determination of Shadow Sun, it is the least uh, significant novel uh, that we have as a faction. It's very difficult to understand what's happening in the book, uh, and especially when there are so many things omitted from the Codex. For example, uh, Typhus. You know, we have this wonderful uh, piece of artwork uh, showcasing Typhus holding up a, what looks like a, a Tau Shasla or maybe a Shasui line warrior, and he's uh, strangling him, to, you know, over a uh, firing line. And this very, you know, it's, it's, it's rare to have, um, it's rare to have, uh, named characters fight the Tau. I don't know why that is, but, but, you know, we don't, we don't usually have run-ins with, uh, Abaddon or, uh, you know, or, or Rebute or, or any of the other, uh, star-studded cast of this, uh, of this universe. And so for Typhus to show up in the Fifth Sphere expansion and, you know, barreling toward, Commander Shadow Sun, um, that was exciting, and and it was interesting to have the 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 kind of the spearhead of Nurgle, uh, kind of burning its way uh, into us. Except in the, even in the Codex, it was confusing because the fleet then just disappears. So spoiler alert: um, in the Shadow Sun novel, we lose we we lose Typhus, and this grand armada is brought down to a handful of ships. Not, not very clear. Um, in fact, nothing, nothing is, 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 is very clear, including the positions of the fourth sphere, the fifth sphere, uh, that whole armada that, that Shadow Sun was supposed to have been leading. It's very gobbledygook. And by the conclusion of the novel, only a single flagship, uh, I believe in some picket ships or something, end up actually flying through the Star Tide Nexus, which again is very different from what is described in the Codex, which is Shadow Sun making the choice that she couldn't sacrifice the fleet of the fifth sphere in trying to stop this, you know, giant armada from going through. And she basically tells the rest of the Commonwealth, good luck. You know, we, we can't do it. It's going to have to fall to you. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's inconsistent. So he's left the Shadow Sun. The Arcs of Omen book, um, uh, and again, I've written a review a review of this on the uh, on the newscast. 
is uh, is basically I mean it doesn't it nothing really matters in terms of plot progression or narrative. It's uh, it's an interesting bit uh, for the orc players. Um, as always, you know the orc players get a get a really great moment in the spotlight where they uh, you know where uh, they, they they do something rambunctious and and then uh, and then do something spectacular. So you know, good for the orcs. Um, but there's kind of, uh, and I guess Alpha Legion. The Alpha Legion show up briefly, um, and uh, and uh, it seems very much like the Alpha Legion and uh, this new rising power of chaos is uh, is kind of more interlaced with each other. So that's kind of cool. But other than that, nothing nothing really changes. The uh, the key piece that was being looked for by the Archifane is 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 recovered. The war is kind of irrelevant between the orcs, chaos, undivided forces, um, later coronate forces, and the Tau. It, it, I'm, it's unclear as to why any of it was that important. And it's also confusing as to why there is a uh, orc empire or uh, a mech stronghold uh, so deep in Commonwealth space. And it makes me, and I comment on this, it makes me wonder if anybody looked at a map. So... So, again, there's no information on the Dawnblade, no real understanding of the, the new suit. Anyway, uh, there's, there's just, there's not a lot, there's not a lot to take from it, so, okay, moving on. Um, and then finally we have kind of a short story that was ri uh, uh, written about, about two years ago um, that kind of just tells, uh, it's a, it's, it's, I think it's called Battle on Delith or something like that. And uh, it just it just showcases uh, one of the origin stories of the eight, um, and uh, if you're interested, uh, you can you can read more about it on the on the website. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of it, uh, and it treats uh, communication, uh, it, which is always supposed to be very complicated, especially in Warhammer 40k. Uh, treats it more like Star Wars, where everybody's got a cell phone and you can just call anybody in the galaxy. And I'm not a big fan. So okay. The purpose of this episode is to address what now. So he's leaving. Uh, all rumors point to a new position, uh, crafting the future of a Warhammer Fantasy uh, sub-game. Great. I'm happy. I think he's probably happy. And I think we, as a Tau faction, uh, should also be happy. Because at the very least, I would say that it appears, and this is looking... Um, not at the not at the newer uh, entries um, of which we recently got to see that you know seeing that our codex is going to be coming out uh, for tenth edition relatively soon. Um, new entries uh, like the Krieg short story um, or the Kasserkin uh, novella that have come out that that showcases at least a presence of the Tau. In the Kasserkin book, it's the Tau actually don't play any part. It's a, it's a crew. Uh, warband hunting a, a, a downed Imperial Guard general, and they have to compete with the Kasserkin, um, uh, of which the book goes by the same name. It does give me hope because it means that more authors are being told to do stuff. Now, there's never going to be, at least probably not in my lifetime, uh, but there's never going to be a shift from Games Workshop to turn away from Space Marines. Um, 
and to a lesser extent, uh, imperial servants. Um, I think that the final count for both of those are something, somebody, again, broke down the numbers, and it's something like a, a, a 800% comparison from uh, imperial stories, short stories, novellas, uh, novels, and so on, uh, compared to alien novels uh, combined. So we're 800% behind the, behind the curve. Um, and that's okay. I, I've, I've made my peace with it a long time ago. But to just have the Crute, um, the Tao, uh, showing up as the antagonists for some of these stories means that I think that perhaps we're entering a more comfortable phase. Um, and what do I mean by that? The, the orcs are a comfortable enemy. Um, they're simple uh, to insert into a narrative. Uh, they, they conduct themselves in, in, in a way that makes them good, uh, good enemies for, for, for humans to struggle against. Um, they're solid. Um, that and there's, there's a, there's a bit of, uh, there's a bit of comic relief always with them. Uh, the Tyranids are a little bit more problematic because if the Tyranids are showing up, it's almost untenable for whatever planet you're on to have anything but the most extreme of circumstances. So there's not a lot you can do with narratively with them. Eldar, I always want Eldar to have more more stories, but 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 Tau make for a good antagonist, much better than Eldar, because with Eldar you have to worry about you know scrying in the future and what are they really there for, and there's the inevitable double cross and so on. Um, with Tau, I think we we are we have three things going for us. The first is is that we uh, we pew pew good, you know. We uh, we can have uh, a new type of uh, I mean, there's that uh, loaded word of bolter porn, right? We can have that. We can have an exchange of fire, and even the re most regular guardsman can have a heroic charge, of which you can see this in the Krieg short story, um, uh, where they you know where, where, where they'll they'll use their bodies to drag down a crisis suit and stab it with bayonets. You know, okay, great. You could never really do that with a space marine. Uh, or even a chaos space brain, so so good. So we're filling in a niche. And yes, uh, and I know that this is a common, uh, <laughs> you know, some might say that that's a negative, but you want to at least be a present bad guy so that somebody can eventually go, hey, wait a minute, let's, why don't we do a story from their perspective uh, and show how cool they are, you know? And, and that happens um, quite often. Uh, with, you know, with Necrons, for example. So, so I'm happy. I'm happy to be uh, fodder, you know. Um, and we're intelligent fodder. Uh, just as much as the orcs are a comic relief, there's, there's going to be a consistent opportunity to showcase uh, the kind of sheer fanaticism, uh, the unique fanaticism that the Tau have, not just their followers or the auxiliaries, um, but the Tau, the Tau themselves, they experience a kind of, their, their morale is intrinsically linked to something that is not chaos-oriented. And it's not, uh, you know, it's not mindless like the, like the Tyranids, or at least single-minded. Um, it's not like the Orcs, which, you know, kind of are looking for a good time. It is sheer fanaticism for their belief system. Uh, good or bad, you know, nefarious or... Uh, uh, you know, whatever. Um, 
the Tao have complete dedication for what they're doing. Um, and again, so that, that offers a really, a really cool hook for people to tap into. Now, is it going to typically be negative? Yes, of, of course it is. The good guys are the humans. Um, but as long as we're showing up, then as long as we're getting screen time, that I think will evolve into opportunities for more authors that are on the payroll to be able to, uh, to get the opportunity to get an infinite and divine or a prophet of the wah. Um, so, so that's, a, so, so that's a, that's one good thing that's around the corner. Now, the next is, is that, uh, sales are, are, uh, by all indications, uh, are massively up, uh, both for Farsight, but then also Shadow Sun, um, uh, and, and at least, <laughs> again, if you look at Reddit, and I've said this before, uh, Games Workshop certainly looks at Reddit, um, for direction and, and an idea to, you know, uh, to keep a finger on the pulse of the community, um, it would appear that Tau regularly score as the number three or number two choice after uh, an imperial faction of what, you know, of, of whatever uh, spectrum. And, and as a result of that, and, and because I think that, I think that as Kelly leaves, there will be new authors that are needed. Um, someone's going to take a look at those numbers and realize they really have to do something with them. So I think that, and, and again, uh, I'm a big proponent for community engagement. I think that the Tau community, uh, unfortunately not like the Eldar community, which seems to struggle a little bit with coherency, uh, the, the Tau community very often comes together and has kind of a single, a single uh, drive toward us. Um, now, in the past, uh, I've disagreed with it, but, but like the Riptide, for example, um, the Riptide was released, and people bought it in droves, loved it, everything about it. The Riptide was a massive success, and I wasn't on board with it because I was uh, long in the tooth, um, maybe maybe in the maybe long in the beard as well. Uh, that I remembered a time where the Tau rejected uh, and thought that thought the notion of Titan-sized uh, mechs or, or, or vehicles was a stupid waste of resources. Now I had, uh, and every, you know, I'll always admit when, when I was wrong, or at least I got my mind changed, uh, was the release of the Taunar. Uh, that thing is, if I had a thousand dollars lying around and I know it doesn't cost that much, but I'd want to buy other things, uh, to make it more sparkly and cool, I would immediately buy that model. Um, and if I wanted to, uh, live a lonely life, <laughs> I would buy three um, and just have them look at me on my mantle and I would be happy. Um, I like the, I like, I like the Tanar uh, more than I like the, the idea of a Manta. Um, and on the much more conservative line, I love the Ghost Keel as well. And the Ghost Keel is, you know, a little bit smaller than the Riptide, but, but the community got behind the adoption of large mechs in a big way and, and did so in a way that I don't think I've ever really seen other uh, other factions do it now that's not a knock on other factions and i do i do like the eldar communities of which um i'm also you know a, a frequent uh visitor too um i just feel I, I often just feel bad for them because the the hands that they've been dealt uh have been rough you know the the avatar suffers from 
uh, just <laughs> being killed by everything, you know, up to and including an orc truck uh, has killed the, you know, fragment of the God of War, Cain. Um, and I and it it sucks. It just it just sucks. And the uh, the the end the the early end of the Yanari uh, storyline. I mean, I really liked I really liked what I was reading with those with those books. And and to see them kind of part of the major retcon where we're no longer a hundred years in the future. We're only you know we're only about fifteen or twenty. It was a blow. And it's a blow that I don't think the Eldar have recovered from yet. But I you know but I'm hopeful for uh, the future. And I think, just based on rumors, um, I do think that the Exodites will be will be playing a part. And I think the Exodites will offer a new opportunity, um, which is kind of funny because the Yunari were all about death. And I think that the Exodites could potentially be about Lilith. Um, I think that's her name. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the goddess of, oh no, that's Lilith Hesperex. Excuse me. Hmm. <laughs> I've forgotten her name. Uh, the goddess of uh, life and uh, Isha, there it is, um, who is currently trapped inside of Nurgle's garden. I, <laughs> and now that I'm saying it out loud, I just realized that Nurgle's really had a bad couple of years, what with the, you know, the emperor coming in and burning down the garden. And uh, I mean, at least in Kelly's books, the nascent greater good goddess, of which I have nothing positive to say about, but even she completely trounced and defeated uh, uh, Nurgle's uh, representatives, um, going so far as to swallowing up, uh, you know, a flag. It just Nurgle's, Nurgle uh, has not had a lot of wins uh, since he showed up a couple years ago with his, you know, with brand new models and stuff. But, but again, I feel like the Tau really coalesced into kind of like a single voting block uh, where where the majority of us really get behind uh, decisions that are made. Um, no, that's for good or bad. Uh, I don't know what I would do had I had if I'd seen this this voting poll on the uh, on the Tau server on, on Reddit and, uh, you know, it, it had it had read something different with, you know, hundreds of people really loving the Kelly direction. I wouldn't know what to do with that. Um, but that didn't happen. The opposite happened, where it seems like the majority of people just just don't like it. So I don't know if that's vindication. Um, I know that I don't want to. I know I don't want to make it the the reason why uh, I argue with my fellow community members. And if you do like Kelly, um, obviously that is a hundred percent your prerogative and and the joy of of this hobby of being able to have your own opinion. Um, I, but again, I always fall back on. Just don't read it and expect consistency, or even the ability to be consistent with with your fellow Farsight appreciators uh, or or Kelly appreciators, because from book to book there is so little uh, connective tissue that you'll kind of find yourself only be talking about singular scenes, you know, cool moments. And and Kelly does write action really well. Um, something that something that comes from being a really good fantasy writer and which he is so the last thing that i think that we really have to look forward to so uh, recap because i'm i've been blabbing um i think that i think that we have a really really solid chance with 
the 10th edition codex. And I draw that conclusion from our, uh, from our 9th edition codex. Now, 9th edition in general was kind of, I imagine, uh, I imagine this is like a, well, if you're an anime fan, this was like a filler season. Um, it, it was non-committal, uh, despite the fact that we just got a Primark back uh, with uh, Lionel Johnson. And uh, I'm in the middle of reading, um, reading his book, uh, which, is, which is pretty good. Um, if you like Dark Angels, Dark Angels were my first army, so um, I, there's a soft spot for me there. Um, but, you know, 8th edition really brought with it monumental change. Uh, big, big lore upheavals. And, and, uh, and, and honestly, the promise of more. I mean, remember, we were supposed to think 8th edition was call, called the Xenos edition. And, uh, or excuse me, that was 9th edition, excuse me. Ninth edition was going to be called the Xenos edition, and um, I don't know if anybody feels that satisfied on that front. Uh, the leagues of Botan have come out, and they they don't have uh, they don't have a single book, and it doesn't look like they'll have a book um, anytime soon. Um, so, so what is so so? I guess ninth edition is. I think ninth edition was was afflicted by the fact uh, that there was a retcon, um, that instead of being a hundred years in the future uh, after uh, the Great Rift opened and Rebute, uh was awakened and, and reached the realm of Ultramar to fight the Plague Wars, that retcon, I think it severely hampered the ability for ninth edition to tell its story, and and so. And so I think that a lot of the narrative that we were, and, and if you if you look at some of the recent leaks and and uh, and announcements, you can kind of see like just the beginnings of like a little a little horizon of what tenth might be, and I think that it's inheriting a lot of the events of what was supposed to happen in ninth, 